church. Just like the seasons that we go through, our church also goes through seasons. As an individual, as a family, you go through seasons. My family and I, we're going through a new season. We're beginning to make some changes. The season we're now entering now is my oldest son. He now goes to preschool three days a week instead of two. That, and that extra day is a big deal. So now we go three days to school and he has soccer. He just started soccer, which means soccer on Monday and Saturday. Now, for those of you parents that have been there, done that, you're like, that's it, Brian. You're complaining about three days of school and two soccer days. We have soccer five days a week and school seven days a week, right? It's new to me, and this is still a very big transition. So we're adjusting to this season. We're, we're looking forward to, okay, how do we tweak? How do we adjust? What do we need to change as our seasons begin to change? So what I'm hoping that we get to see this morning is what is God doing in this season of our church and this season in our, in our life? One of the things that I do regularly in my own prayer life is I'll just ask God an open-ended question. Say, God, what season am I in? And who can I relate to in your word? God, what season am I currently in? You know my life, you know my heart, you know what's going on. What season is my life currently in? And who do I most relate to in scripture? And then as God kind of prompts me or, you know, puts a a character or a story or a Bible, uh, a Bible book in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'll go and study. I'm like, okay, God, here's what I can learn from that. Here's what I can gain from that. So I do the exact same thing with our church. God, what, what kind of season, what kind of stage is our church in? And who and what in your word can we begin to relate to? So what God's been putting on my heart is out of Numbers chapter nine. So Old Testament, if you've got your Bibles, head over to Numbers chapter nine. And the scene of, that we're gonna see here, the season that the Israelites are in is they're no longer in Egypt. They've been brought out of Egypt, but they're also not in the promised land yet. God brought them out of Egypt through Moses and said, I'm gonna take you to a new land, a land that you're gonna love. You're gonna call it your own. It's gonna be your home, the promised land, but they're not there yet. So they're out of Egypt, they're not in the promised land yet, so they kind of find themselves in this almost in-between season, and they wander around the desert trying to figure out what's next, where God's leading them, and what I want you to pay attention to as we go through this season of the Israelites' life, I want you to pay attention to how God leads them and how they follow God's lead. How God leads them, but also how they follow God's lead. So Numbers chapter 9, we're going to start in verse 15. It says, on the day the tabernacle was set up, the tabernacle was like a portable temple, portable church. Go figure, right? Sounds very familiar. So on the day the tabernacle was set up, the cloud covered it, but from the evening until morning, the cloud over the tabernacle looked like a pillar of fire. This was the regular pattern. At night, the cloud that covered the tabernacle had the appearance of fire. So right there on the get-go, they get out of Egypt, they're not to their promised land yet, and so they're, they're nomads, they're wandering around the desert, and they set up this portable church, this portable temple, the tabernacle, and as soon as they set it up, it says God's presence started to come over it. During the day, God's presence looked like a cloud. During the night, God's presence looked like a pillar of fire. And what God was doing immediately, as soon as they came out of Egypt, and now they're in the desert, this in-between season, God's first act is to say, I'm with you. Just like the song we just sang, I'm with you, I'm for you, I'm leading you, I'm guiding you. And here, God not just said it, he didn't just say I'm with you, he showed it. And he gave the Israelites a a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God says that he's with us, but he also shows it. For us as a church, we don't have a cloud or a pillar that we know, that we see and know that God is with us. No, what we see, how we see God's presence being evident is through stories of life change. Every single one of us have experienced some aspect of change in our life. We all are in our story in in different places. I was, and then Jesus, and now I am. So we're all somewhere in that story, and Jesus is part of that. 
He's writing our story. And so our stories of life change show that God is with us because we can see his hand in our lives. He can see how he moves in us, how he uses us, how he changes us, how he does that in a group, a group of believers letting Jesus write their story. He's called the church and how he does that in and through us as a church. When you came in right here out in the hallway in the lobby area, we have a pallet wall that just has a bunch of the life change stories on them. If you've not get, taken a moment to tell us your story, your life change story, man, take a moment. There's some right there in your seat. There's also some cards out at that table. Just say, man, here's, here's what Jesus has done in my life. Here's who I was before knowing him. Then Jesus, how I met him and who I am today. That's your life change story. And he continues to change our lives. And so when we see these life change stories being written every single week, we know that God is with us. And we see it through every single one of these life change stories. First thing God does in whatever season we find ourselves in, whether it's a church, whether it's your individual life, your work life, your family life at home, God says, I'm with you. And he moves and he shows us that he is with us and that he, his presence is evident. Verse 17, whenever the cloud lifted from over the, t- the sacred tent, the people of Israel would break camp and follow it. And wherever the cloud settled, the people of Israel would set up camp. This was the very first example of a setup and teardown team for a portable church, mind you. Our setup and teardown team love this verse. Verse 18, in this way, I want you to underline in this way. In this way, they traveled and camped at what? At what? The Lord's command. In this way, this is how they moved. This is how they stayed. In this way, they traveled and camped at the Lord's command, wherever he told them to go. Then they remained in their camp as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle. In this way. This is how they made every decision. This is how they decided whether they moved on or whether they stayed put. This is how they moved as a a nation, as a group of people. They said, whatever you say, God, we move at your command. We stay at your command. And the point here is they moved with the movement of God. As God moved, it said, whenever it was, if it was in the middle of the day, if it was in the middle of the night, whenever God began to move, it says they would break camp and follow him and move with him. But then when that cloud stopped, then they would set up camp. They moved with the movement of God. They stayed on pace with God. As he moved, they moved. When he stayed, they stayed. Now what tends to happen is God moves and God stays and we kind of do our own thing. We get out of sync with God. We kind of lose pace with God in many ways. Often what happens is is God maybe doesn't move as fast or move at all when we feel like he should. And so we actually get ahead of God. We say, God, you're not quick enough. You're not moving fast enough. I'll take care of it. And what's happening is we begin to complain about our current season. That's kind of a a red flag. When you begin to complain about your current season, when I begin to complain about my current season, that's a good indicator that I'm probably getting close to stepping ahead of God, moving ahead of God's pace, moving out of sync with him. Because when we move ahead of God, we're saying, My plans are better than yours, God. My pace is better than your pace. And so our prayer life begins to change in this moment. We start to say, God, I've got a great idea. Bless it. God, I have some great plans that I'm gonna start moving on. Will you make sure it all works out? When we start praying in that way or some form of that, it's because we are complaining about our current season and we wanna move things forward on our own. God, you're not taking care of it quick enough. I'll take care of it for you. So how about you follow me instead of me follow you? When we get out of pace, sometimes we get too far ahead of God because we complain about our current season. But the other end of this can happen where it's not just complaining about our season, we actually love the current season we're in. And so we actually get too far behind God. God begins to move and we say, no, 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 I'm in a good spot right now. 
God, if it ain't broke, don't touch it, right? Don't try to fix anything. Don't change anything. Leave me alone just right here. This is perfect. And God said, no, 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 I've, I've got something next for you. I've got something new for you. And so out of our complacency, we begin to get out of pace with God and we just don't move with him. God begins to move on. He begins to move ahead. He begins to try to make some changes in us and around our life. But because we are so complacent, we're so satisfied with where we are, we say, I'll just stay put. God, you go do your thing. I'll stay right here. So often we get ahead of God because of our complaining. We get behind God. We get too far behind because of our complacency. That sweet spot where the Israelites find themselves, they're in a place of complete contentment. They're content. They're right in step with God. They're in sync with God. They're in the wake of him as he moves or stays. And what contentment really says is, I'm thankful and grateful for the season that I'm in. And I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna do whatever I can in this moment, in this season, in this stage. But I also understand that seasons are temporary, that seasons change. So God, I'm thankful and I'm grateful right here, right now, but I also am ready and willing if and when you decide to move. That's what contentment says. Very different than let's do it my way, speed up God, or don't touch anything. I'm fine just the way things are. Don't change anything to, hey, this is the season I've got. I'm gonna learn what I can. I'm gonna do what I can. And God, I'm gonna watch for you to move if and when you decide to move. And that's exactly where the Israelites were. They were in the wake of God. They stayed right there with him. When he moved, they moved. When he stayed, they stayed. A couple years ago, when I first moved out here, getting to know Lake Lanier and had a friend take me out on their boat and I got to do something I'd never done before called wake surfing. Not wakeboarding, but wake surfing. Here's a picture of me trying it out a couple years ago and it's a very fascinating thing to do because you're not, you're not being pulled by the boat. You have a rope there that kind of gets you started, but then the rope, as you can see, I mean, there's complete slack. You're not being pulled by the boat, but in fact, you're surfing on the wake of the boat. So as long as you stay right there in the wake of the boat, then you will continue to follow the boat wherever it goes. Now, as you can imagine, if you get ahead of the wake, if you move outside of the wake, if you get too far behind the wake, what happens? You sink. Yes, you don't move with the wake anymore. The wake isn't moving you forward if you get out of it. And so you stop moving and you then sink. Same thing happens with God. We often wonder, God, where are you? God, why aren't you making this work? And he's saying, because that's not where I'm at. You've gotten outside of where and how I'm moving. We get so far ahead of God. God, why isn't this happening? Why isn't this working? Why didn't you make this work? He said, because that's not where I'm at. You left me to do your own thing. We get too far behind him. And we say, God, things are starting to fall apart. What's going on here? He said, I'm, I'm already moving. Catch up. When we stay in that place of contentment, we recognize that seasons are temporary. Seasons do change. But we say, God, I'm gonna do whatever I can. I'm gonna learn whatever I can. I'm gonna follow you. When you move, I move. When you stay, I stay. And the Israelites found them, themselves in a place of contentment where they moved with God. They moved with the movement of God. Now that's fantastic preaching. It sounds really good. That's very tweetable, but it doesn't help anybody in this room at all. Because the biggest question then is, how do we stay in that place of contentment? How do we stay in the wake of God? I'd give you two things, very practical. First is study contentment. Stay content, work on contentment. This is not something that just you magically get. It is a learned thing. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, I've learned the secret to being content. And so it's something that we have to learn and it's something we have to be trained in. It's something that we have to work at being content. So if you find yourselves on maybe one of these two extremes, you find yourself complaining, getting ahead of God, being complacent, falling behind God, start really praying and studying what it means for you to be content within the season that God has you. And that'd be the first thing. The second one 
is start asking God open-ended questions in your prayer life. God, what are you doing? God, where are you at? God, am I ahead or am I behind you? And not that I'm promising he's going to give you an audible voice, but in my life, God begins to speak through other people. He begins to show me in his word and answer, begins to just prompt me like, you know what, maybe I need to slow down. Maybe I need to get moving again. Work on the contentment, study contentment, learn contentment through God's word, and then ask him some open-ended questions, some reality checks. God, where are you? What are you doing? Whatever he's doing, then okay, I'm going to line up with him. That's how I lead our church. God, what are you doing? Our church will line up with that. God, where are you moving? Make sure that our church is right in line with that. You'll notice if you've been here for a while, we don't recreate a lot of things. We're a relatively simple church, and that's not because we're lazy and don't want to do anything. It's because we know that God is doing a lot of great things in a lot of other churches, a lot of other uh, organizations in our community. So we don't have like a few distribution ministry here. We don't have a, a homeless ministry here. What we do is we partner with ones that God is really working in. And so we partner with Meals by Grace. We partner with our schools. And I'll tell you, getting into the schools, I mean, church planners across America, that's like, ooh, we got to get in the schools. And I'm telling you, that was not a forced in thing where I showed up and said, God told me uh, that we're going to be, be helping the schools out. That doesn't work very well, especially if you know you're in the school system. So we just said, God, if you want us in the schools, if you're going to move in that direction, make it work. And we waited. And it was incredible the timing as God began to open doors and we began to have more opportunities to partner with them and help them. And one of the ways that we're helping in this season is to get shoes. You probably saw some shoes out on the lobby table. So we move when God moves. We follow the movement of God without getting too far ahead or without getting too far behind. The secret there is staying content. So here's the Israelites. They're in this in-between season. God's shown himself that he's with them. He's proved it. He's shown them. And now he starts to say, move when I move. Stay when I stay. Follow me whenever and wherever. Verse 19. If the cloud remained over the tabernacle for a long time, the Israelites stayed and performed their what? What's it say? Their duty to the Lord. So when God's presence moved and they'd pack up, they'd pack everything up, they'd move, God's presence began to stop. Okay, here's where we're setting up camp. But even when they would stay, they would continue to perform their duties, do what needed to get done. Because this is an inter interesting dynamic here. If you're an Israelite in this season, it's, it feels kind of random when God moves. It's like, well, when's he gonna move? It could be today, it could be tomorrow, it could be two years from now, who knows? And so there's almost this sense of, well, why even unpack? right? We're going to move eventually anyway. He's going he's gonna to drag us across this desert another, uh, some other time soon. So why even bother unpacking? Let's just sit and wait around for him to start moving again. But they didn't do that. They stayed content. They stayed in the wake of God and said, okay, if this is where you're at, then we're going to start unpacking. And not just unpack, we're going to continue to do what needed to get done. I call this active waiting. You have sitting around waiting, and then you have active waiting. Active waiting says, I'm going to keep an eye on God and I'm going to be watchful for when he begins to move because they would have to do that. They would have to keep an eye on, on God's presence over the tabernacle and someone, oh, it's starting to move. Everybody get ready. So they had to keep watching, his pre watching for his presence to move while continuing to do the day-to-day -day stuff that they had to still get done. That's important. They continued to watch God, but they didn't just sit around and wait for him to move. They continued to perform their duties to the Lord. See, as a church, it's important that we follow that, that we celebrate the past, but that we also live in the now. But then, of course, you don't want to forget about the future, so we have to also prepare for the future. And that's part of what today is. We're celebrating the past. That's why we ask you to tell us your life change story so we can celebrate what God has done and is doing in your life. 
It's important that we continue to do what needs to get done here every seven days throughout the week and on Sundays. But we don't want to forget about the future either. What can happen if we're not careful is we, we live in the past. And you know you live in the past when you say, you remember the good old days? Remember, you remember when? Those are great to reminisce, but when you start living in that, and you're like, well, we're not really doing anything, but oh, remember when? That's living in the past. It's also possible to live too much in the future where kind of like the Israelites might have been feeling, I'm, let's not do anything because we'll probably move eventually. Let's not do anything because God's probably gonna call us to do something else eventually. And so if we're not careful, whether it's church or family, we can live in the future and forget the now. We can plan so much in the future and procrastinate so much waiting for whatever that promised land might be. Well, let's, let's not do anything too drastic now because one day we'll be in the promised land and then we can do all these things. It's important that we celebrate the past, that we prepare for the future, we also have to live in the now. You got to have all three. That's why we celebrate what God has done. It's why we're having a two-year anniversary today, to celebrate all that God's done. It's why we prepare for the future. We don't live in the future, but we most certainly prepare for it. You know, I have no doubt that many of, anytime somebody comes up to me, one of the first questions is, well, how long are you going to be in the theater for? And my answer is very similar to, number, to Numbers 9. It's like, well, when God gives us a building. Well, when's that going to be? No clue. Could be tomorrow, could be 10 years from now. I have no idea, but we are making preparations because I do believe that is in our future at some point. So we spent this last summer crunching numbers, gathering data, looking at trends, canvassing the community. What might be a good opportunity for us to move into at some point? I'm just telling you, church, we're not there yet. I mean, we're getting awfully close and we hope to start continuing to make steps in that direction, but we don't move until God moves. We stay as long as God stays. We continue to follow him, but we make preparations in that direction. But I'm telling you, a building is not the promised land for us. <laughs> I mean, it might be great for our setup and teardown team and our production team and for the comfort of people in our community. And it's great to have a place that you call home, but a building is really just a really, really expensive ministry resource. That's all it is. It's a tool to be able to serve people and to serve our community. And so we'll keep making steps in that direction. We'll make preparations for that, but, but we can't just live there. That's why we prepare for other things. We continue to prepare for our future serve days. We did one this last spring. We're gonna continue our serve days. We've got another one planned in November. Um, we're looking at what we've never done before called a campus night. So we're gonna be heading to Chick-fil-A, continuing the celebration of our two years this coming Thursday. I'll talk a little bit, bit more about that later. Campus nights, way to gather people together, have more community, because it is very difficult to have community when you have to be out of a place by one o'clock, right? <laughs> It's difficult to have community when you don't have a place you call home. So we're looking at what does that look like for us? How do we make plans and preparations for the future of having more community, community together within our church as we continue to be a church for our community? Continuing to partner with our schools and Meal by My Grace. We're helping out with the Dawson Family Night with the schools here uh, early November. So all sorts of plans and preparations in the future, even plans and preparations for uh, between now and a building to get a larger auditorium. Because if you haven't noticed, we're pretty jammed in here which like Sean said, is a very good problem to have, but what does that look like? So we still make plans and preparations for the future as you should with your family. It's good to plan for the future for your family, but we don't live in the future. We don't live in the past. We don't live in the future. We live in the now. And as the Israelites did here, whenever God stopped, whenever he stayed, they stayed and performed their duty to the Lord. So when you came in this morning, you got a worship guide and a puzzle piece. If you didn't get a puzzle piece, make sure you get one on your way. Once you grab that puzzle piece, it's probably buried in your pocket or you threw it away already or something. But grab that puzzle piece. If you've got, like I said, if you don't have one, grab one on your way out. This puzzle piece is one of about 500. 
There's about 500 of these. And the way these puzzle pieces work is you look at it and you really don't have a clue what it is. You can look at it and there's just some colors. You can't really make out what the larger picture is. And in fact, if we were, which we're not going to do this, but if I made you all try to get together and put all these pieces together, this is what your puzzle, our puzzle would actually look like. So it's a picture of our, what we've been using as this two-year celebration graphic. And in that graphic, there's pictures of all these different moments of life change over the last two years of baptisms and school projects and community outreaches all over the last two years. And every single one of us, you included in this, every single one of us has a piece of this. We all get to play a part in this. Because if we were to try to put this puzzle together and you said, you know what, my part's not important, don't worry about me, then we would have an incomplete puzzle piece. The picture does not fully come together. A puzzle only works when every single piece, even when you can't tell what it was, even though it seems insignificant, a puzzle only truly comes together when every single piece is put to use and plays their part. Not like that's what we have to continue to do, living in the now. Just like the Israelites, they performed their duties. Not like if you call Mountain Lake home, if you say, man, I'm a part of Mountain Lake, this is my piece that has a piece of me, I'm part of it, then I would just simply ask, are you playing your part? Or have you said, ah, I just don't have the time, or my scheduling is conflicting, or I don't have a very significant part, there's not much I can offer. And you kind of put your piece to the side. I'm telling you, we don't have a complete picture unless you play the part. And if you're just visiting or if you're here for the first time or if you're still new trying to figure out what that part might be, try something. I would just say we, we have some gaps that we need to begin to fill. The current reality is things definitely get done every single week, but I'll be honest with you, the reason things get done every week is because some of the same people are taking on extra work. The same people are going above and beyond, which is great and we're thankful for them, but I'll tell you, they're gonna burn out eventually. And so as we celebrate two years, the living in the now, we still need those that say, man, I'm a part of Mountain Lake Dawson to say, I'm going to play my part and I'm going to give a piece. If you're already playing your part, then ignore me. I'm not asking you to do more. But if you've been kind of timid or you haven't quite jumped in yet, and I would, I would encourage you in this season, in your season of life, what does it look like to play your part? Because we all have a part to play. And when we all play our part, we see the church do some incredible, incredible things. On your communication card that's right there at your seat, let us know how we can pray for you, how we can help. But on the back, there's opportunities for you to volunteer, opportunities for you to serve and to be part of what God is doing here. And whatever you sign up for doesn't mean you're gonna do that the rest of your life. You can, but you are welcome to try something. That's not for me, or that's not gonna be the best thing, or the schedules don't work. Find a way to be part of what God is doing, moving with the movement of God through his church and jump in and see the picture that God begins to paint with us. Verse 20, all right, so we've got the Israelites in between season. God makes his presence known to them. They follow the movement of God. Everybody's playing their part for whatever season they need to. Verse 20, sometimes the cloud would stay over the tabernacle for only a few days. So the people would stay for only a few days as the Lord commanded. Then at the Lord's command, they would break camp and move on. Sometimes the cloud stayed over only overnight and lifted the next morning. But day or night, so whenever, by day or night, when the cloud lifted, the people broke camp and moved on. Whether the cloud stayed above the tabernacle for two days, a month, or a year, the people of Israel stayed in camp and did not move on. But as soon as it lifted, they broke camp and moved on. Whether it was two days, whether it was a month, whether it was a year, when God moved, they moved. And part of this movement that they had to follow in with God is they trusted God's timing. 
Remember, that's really the issue that we have with keeping pace is we don't like how slow God moves or we don't like that he's moving forward, so we move ahead or we stay behind. It really becomes a timing issue. As a church, as an individual, as a family, trust God with your time. Trust God with his timing. and Say, God, when you move, I'm ready. Whether it's for, it's just an overnight stay or whether we're in this season for a couple years. Whatever your timing is, we will continue to stay in the wake of God following his movement. Last verse here, sums it all up, verse 23. So they camped or traveled at the Lord's command and they did whatever the Lord told them through Moses. They traveled, they camped at the Lord's command. Whatever God told them to do. If God told them, hey, you've only been here a day, it's time to move on, they broke camp, they moved on. If God said, hey, we've been walking for a while, let's stop, they stopped. Whether they were there for two days, a month or a year, scripture says, they followed God. They stayed within the wake of him and they trusted his timing. So Matt Lake, how much of you have you given God permission to move? Do we, do we say, God, hey, my life is yours as long as it fits with my timing and it, it works with my schedule and it's what I wanna do? Or is it, God, I'll move when you move. I'll stay when you stay. I will stay content right in your wake and I will follow you whenever and wherever. Whatever you say, God, I'll do. Remember early on in our, in our launch process, I got on the ground July of 2014 and we were launching this campus September 7th of 2014. That's not a lot of time to plant and launch a church, by the way. And so we were moving quick. And um, you even heard uh, Luella's story earlier. Before I even got on the ground, a group of people started with 13 people, started to meet and just say, hey, what if God moves, moves us up to Dawson County? What if God had, had an idea to move Mountain Lake up to Dawson County? By the time I got on the ground, we got a, a group of people together that were sold out for seeing, for seeing what God would do in Dawson County and felt him calling them. Okay, it's time to move. Let's see what God's gonna do. And I remember our very last meeting as a launch team. There was like 60 to 80 of us that had gotten to be a pretty large group. And we were meeting in a room at the North Forsyth campus. And, and we all stood up and I remember just gathering everybody around and we made one big circle. And I had everybody hold hands and, and, and just wanted everybody to see, hey, this is the start of something new. But not just that, I wanted to just thank every single person on that launch team because as all of us stood in this big circle holding hands saying, hey, we believe God is calling us to take this church to Dawson County. We're all in. We don't know what it's gonna look like. We don't know how church in a theater is gonna be. We don't have all the answers, but we're all in. Let's go, God. And I was so thankful for that team, that launch group that said, let's move when God moves but stay when God stays. But they were faithful to God's call and you look two years later what God has been able to do. In that same moment of, of thanking them, I read a scripture. And this verse comes out of Ephesians chapter three, verse 14. This kind of became our prayer as a launch team and continues to be for our church. It says, for this reason, I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. In other words, that's for us as we stay with God, as we move with God and stay within his movement, he fills us up more than we can imagine. Verse 20, for our church, this was my prayer, continues to be. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more 
than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Remember praying that prayer and reading through that with our launch team in that big circle, thanking them for following God's call to to follow a, a kid from California that they had never met before to a county that they believed God was calling Mountain Lake to. And just as we did that two years ago, I look out on, on this group of people and just to say thank you. Thank you for following God's call to a theater in Dawson County that meets every Sunday for church, to be a church for our community where we believe in helping people become fully followers of Jesus, to follow him more fully tomorrow than we did today, to be able to create a place where life change stories are written every single week because of allowing Jesus to be in our life. And every single one of us here, God has called, I believe, for a reason, but also for a season. I have no doubt a year from now when we celebrate our three-year anniversary, there's gonna be a lot of familiar faces still. There's gonna be a lot of new faces that God's called and a lot of faces that are no longer with us because God has called them somewhere else. So thank you for being someone who's willing to give Jesus your life and to hold it loosely. Say, Jesus, I'll follow you whenever and wherever. For whatever season you have me here at Mountain Lake, whatever season you have me in right now, I'm all in. Now I'll continue to move with the movement of God. God's not done with this yet, Mountain Lake. He's not done with what he's gonna do in your life and in your family's life. He's gonna continue to move throughout the seasons that we walk through as a church, but also as individuals. So here's what I'm gonna ask of you. Um, like I said, we're not a launch team anymore. Our church is in a, is a whole new season and a whole new stage. But I believe that from moving forward, from this day forward, God's got some great things planned and he's looking at every single one of us. He's not just looking at me. I mean, I'm, I'm pastoring and I'm shepherding you all, but we're gonna move this thing together as we move with the movement of God. So can I just ask right where you're at, will you just stand up right where you are? If you'll just stand with me. And similar to what we did two years ago when we said, hey, let's take Mountain Lake up to Dawson County. We all held hands. I'm not gonna make you circle up by any means, but this will require you to maybe hold hands with somebody you don't know. I'm aware of that. I'm sorry. Get to know them. Ask them their name first. Uh, but if you'll just move in and just grab the hands of the people next to you, just across each of the rows. And what this does for us is this says, hey, we're together in this. We say a lot that we stumble in the right direction together. We're not gonna do it perfectly. I'm not gonna lead you perfectly. But what I promise you is that we are gonna move with the movement of God. As God moves, we move. As God stays, we stay. And we will remain in a place of giving him our all for whatever season and for whatever length that season may be. Again, what did Ephesians say? Now to him who is able to do incredibly more than anything I could ever ask or imagine. But it's his power. It's what he's doing in us through the church. And we give him the praise and the glory because he's not done with you yet. He's not done with your family yet. And church, he's most certainly not done with us yet. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much for how you move. Thank you for the promise that you give us that as you move, you take us with you and you do the impossible in and through us. And we've seen that through the stories of life change. We've seen that over the last two years, but God, I know you're not done with this yet. So for whatever season and for whatever length you choose to use us as a church in Dawson County, God, we give you it all. 
wherever you want us to go, whatever you want us to do, however long we may stay or however long we may go, we will follow the movement of you. We follow your commands and only your commands. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for where we are at. And thank you for what you are going to do. In Jesus' name, amen.